I got a little something like this. Oh, one, two, oh, one, two, three, four. Why does this happen every motherfucking time? Mm. <laughs> mm. A song I can sing about lots of por portions of my life. Yeah. Including the technical <laughs> difficulties we have every single time. I try to log in to this fucking thing so we can fucking record. DIY podcasting is the last form of art. <laughs> yeah. We're artists. Yesterday at 29 Rooms, there was a thing sponsored by Shea Moisture that was all about, uh, uh, I want to say it was Zabulafu, but that was not it. And that's kind of racist because it was like an African saying that means I see you. And that's like their like company mantra is like, seeing women do cool things and like lifting them up which like i'm all the fuck about mm -hmm. and then at the end they're like sometimes we like to give people this opportunity to like plug themselves and talk about their own projects and no one said anything i was like i have a podcast <laughs> it's called the worst states it's where true crime and bad dating stories meet we tell horror stories and teach you stuff and it's very positive and it's all about lifting up females and I love it. And it's my best friend. And she's like, oh, okay. And yeah, so I, I hyped us to a room full of strangers yesterday. Sweet. If you're one of those strangers, uh, <laughs> buckle in because you saw a very calm version of me uh, that goes out in public, not the one that sits in my apartment and talks into a microphone. Woo. But welcome. By the way, this is the 50 Worst States podcast. <laughs> We're the Scheuden fruit of true crime and the sex and dating advice of like sex and dating. Me. I'm your host, Katie Coyle. And I'm your other host, Amanda Peacock. And we both have big glasses of red wine to deal with today's topic, which we should, we should put a trigger warning here. Uh, well, so we're talking about toxic relationships. Trigger warning. Um, just be noted that we are going to be talking about some sensitive things. So if you feel... Like, you cannot listen to it. Um, now is obviously the time to sign out. Um, and we will not be offended because obviously yeah. your mental health is more important. Um, hold down the play, hold down the podcast and hold it down and then do Marcus Played so we still get that KPI. Uh, but yeah, go like take a walk or read a book. Yeah. Um, or something. But I mean, it's not going to get, it shouldn't get super detailed or anything like that. We're not going to delve severely into traumas but we are talking about a pretty heavy topic today um, mm -hmm. this is probably the heaviest topic we've had so far but it's very important to talk about especially on a podcast that is about sex and dating um, right so just be warned about you know abuse toxic relationships um anything within that realm assault etc you've been warned but if you are like one of those people and you're like well, you know what? Like, I think I can handle it. Or like, maybe you're like in the back of your head of like, maybe they could teach me something. Maybe I'll realize something about the relationship I'm in. Well, buckle in, bitch, because we're about to get to it. <laughs> oh, boy. Because oh. you know what? You know what delving into this made me realize and like looking at research and like looking at articles? I have been in a toxic relationship. I've been referring, I've gotten to the point where I prefer to him as a bully instead of an ex-boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's toxic. Which is the best I can do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, like, pretty notorious for having toxic relationships. 
it's that cancer bitch in you. You're just like, I can fix them. Yeah, I'm too loving. And then I get my heart ripped out of my face. Exactly. So here we are. We're going to talk. Amanda has a very deep experience. I'm going to pepper in some of the funnier stories of mine because it's not nearly as serious, but like it offers great antidotes for a lot of our uh, warning signs or big red flags of like you're in a toxic relationship. We're going to talk about like uh, how to break the fuck out because you need to break orbit when you realize this is a problem. Mm-hmm. And God knows it, you will not break orbit successfully the first time you try, mm-hmm. uh, but you should know how to so you can continue trying. And then we uh, reached out to a lot of people and got some really good fucking advice. And we're going to talk about that and how they how they've like coped with things. So we have a really fucking solid episode. We also have the best listener mail to date. Mm-hmm. The absolute best listener mail. Can confirm. So we're going to go on a little break. I'm still probably not going to put an ad there, but you're welcome for not making you listen to advertising. (laughs) Uh, And we'll be back. And hey, we're back. We're back. I chugged a whole bottle of wine just to tell my story. Just kidding. <laughs> I do have a big hefty glass because this is going to be an interesting one. Big hefty story. So Amanda, you were in a toxic relationship. I've been in several toxic relationships. In fact, well, I, you, just, even several. I just got out of one. So, hey. Do you think that we structure our episode topics about like our lives and our relationships? Because <laughs> you'd be right. <laughs> So um, I've had kind of like the Taco Bell sauces. I've had a variety of toxic relationships. The one I was currently in. Taco Bell is the metaphor we're choosing. The one I just got out of was a a very mild one. Um, The one that I'm going to talk about was the Diablo sauce. (laughs) And that's perfectly fitting because it's absolutely true. And my this is a beautiful metaphor. I'm laughing because it's accurate. Yeah, because you've been there for literally all of my relationships. And yep. the my first ever relation, the first real relationship I had, uh, that was more of like a, a hot. It was like a medium to a hot, I would say. Right. I would say definitely more of the hot variety. I've never really had a medium toxic relationship, maybe toxic friendship. But I went from like medium to Diablo to like perfectly healthy, totally cool, and then to mild. So, you know, there's still time to get you that medium. <laughs> hey, if he's out there, does this sound like you? Do you think Amanda's hot? Well, you could be her medium toxic relationship. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> That's not what I need in my life. Um, so <laughs> that was like the perfect. Can you tell I love Taco Bell? Anyway. <laughs> so this is obviously, as I mentioned, kind of uh, in the trigger warning, this is definitely a heavy topic, um, especially for me. And I kind of struggled in how I wanted to talk about this because I've had a lot of experience with toxic relationships, um, unfortunately. But there is one specifically that was very traumatizing, very toxic, and very abusive. Um, and that is the one I'm going to talk about. Um, I'm not going to go into obviously explicit details, but I do want to touch on some very key points that happened in that relationship and things that, um, basically I'm going to talk about what happened during the relationship, things that kind of happened as a result of the relationship to me personally and how I felt with it and just kind of the relationship overall versus like nitty gritty details. Um, 
I think it's really important to talk about these things, but no one should ever feel pressured to do it. Um, it's, I am still not completely comfortable talking about it. I really didn't open up publicly until like the Me Too movement when I felt super like empowered by all of the women uh, and men who came up and spoke out against sexual assault. Uh, For real. And it's still scary, but I think it's important. And for me, I know that it's healthy as part of my recovery. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. And so. Coming to terms with your abuse and your abuser is important because until like, you know, like until you're like, no, that happened to me. Like it can happen to anyone. And that's a key thing we want to make sure everybody understands. Like any of these situations can happen to anyone. It doesn't mean that you're a weak person. It doesn't mean that you're a strong person on a bad day. It means that you're a person and you can fall into a situation with somebody who has toxic traits or is like a full on like toxic waste dump of a person. Like it happens to everybody. It's honestly like just a piece of the puzzle of humanity. Mm-hmm. And But like coping with it, understanding with it, and like growing from it is what we want to like really zone Absolutely. in on. Absolutely. And um, something that we'll also touch on that Katie kind of just mentioned is that, you know, people can have toxic traits. That doesn't necessarily mean the relationship itself is toxic. Um, but because obviously nobody is perfect. We all do. We all fuck up at times. Um, but recognizing red flags and knowing when a toxic relationship is forming versus toxic habits that can be changed is very important. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we'll kind of talk about that later, but yeah, it's very important to know that no matter who you are or what your situation is, you've never deserved to be put in a toxic relationship. You are not weak because you, you know, stayed in it for far longer than you should have or anything like that. It is incredibly difficult to leave a toxic relationship because oftentimes people try Mm -hmm. and they get sucked right back in and, Mm -hmm. you know, it is never your fault and it's totally okay. Um, and you are not alone. And those are, and like we reached out to like the greater abyss of people for stories and it's amazing the number of people who responded and who had similar stories. So like this happens across the board. Men, women, non-binary folk, everyone. Um, so like I said, I don't want to sit here and just like delve into this like horrific time of my life. Um, but there are some things that I definitely want to touch on. So I have always been, as Katie knows, because you've known me literally forever, I have always been the type of person who has known who I am very well. And (laughs) not in the sense of like knowing what I want in life or, you know, I've definitely grown since I was like five, you know, I'm not the same, but I've always been very confident in who I am as a person and comfortable in my own skin. And not that I don't give a fuck what people think, but I do what I want and I don't let people's opinions control what I do. And that's just how I've always been. And so Mm -hmm. this kind of story that I'm telling, I guess, or experience that I'm sharing is more so about the only person in my 24 years of living who took that feeling away from me. And it was temporary, but it was easily one of the hardest periods of my life to date. Um, And so... Again, trigger warning, I'm going to be talking about an abusive relationship. So if you want to listen to this podcast, but don't want to be listening to this specific story, feel free to skip ahead. Um, But yeah, so I only dated this person for about six months, um, which is 
six months way too fucking long. Um, but, mm-hmm. but in that time, there were a significant amount of red flags, which we'll go into further detail in. Um, so I'll kind of try to keep it to a synopsis. But this individual was raised very Catholic. I mean, I went to a Catholic university, things like that. Surrounding, you know, it's the Midwest. It's the United States. There's a lot of fucking Catholic people here. And we all know that the Catholic Church really likes to make you feel some Catholic guilt. So, and it's okay that we say this because I grew up Catholic. Yeah. Hi, Mom. <laughs> um, They're really good at yes. the guilt. So, a lot of repressed Catholic guilt was projected onto me in the form of slut shaming in this relationship, which I think I mentioned before in the Virgin, in the first episode on virgins, because he was so upset over the fact that I was not a virgin. And I, to this day, do not understand it because he was not a virgin. Um, even though he lied to me and said that he was, and it was really, but women aren't supposed to have yeah, sex. It was very bizarre. And that was something that was a huge trigger to him and also a huge cause of turmoil in the relationship. And he used it to shame me. And that is fucked up in and of itself. Um, with that, I also want to point out that prior to this relationship, I was pretty emotionally distant for a long time. I was very closed off because of the relationship I was in in high school, that my high school boyfriend was very emotionally abusive. So I kind of shut down after that and was just slutting it up for a while, which is totally fine. So this was the first, Uh this was the first time that I had let someone into my life to love them in like six years or like four or five years. So I was kind of finally opening up to someone. And as that happened, you know, these things start because of of course, at the beginning of the relationship, you don't see these red flags because either you're too smitten or they're not showing them. Um, And then it's when you get kind of further into the relationship that these red flags start really accumulating. So he was enraged that I wasn't a virgin. He claimed he was a virgin, but he wasn't uh, because he was still fucking someone while we were dating. This is obviously another red flag. If you are not in a consensual, polyamorous, or open relationship, uh, well, even cheating exists in that. So cheating is never good, um, unless for whatever reason y'all are okay with that. But Mm -hmm. for me, not so much. Walking in on my partner having sex with someone else, not great. Um, And then he would use that because I still stayed with him because he was very manipulative, which is the third point of just a lot of constant manipulation and emotional abuse. Um, so anytime we argued, he would turn it around on me. Anytime I was upset with him, it somehow became my fault. Um, and a lot of times these, like these three things really correlated because he would slut shame me use that as an excuse when I was like, why are you doing this sketchy shit? Because his ex-girlfriend who, with whom he was still having sex with, she was like trying to break up the relationship. So I just thought that she was like the crazy ex-girlfriend. But in actuality, Mm -hmm. he was playing her as well. Not that that makes her guilt free in what she did to me because she was bullying me and harassing me, but it was just toxic all in all. And so there was a lot of manipulation and he constantly blamed me for everything. Um, you know, I mentioned in a prior episode that I had gotten an STD. It was from this person, but he blamed <laughs> me for it. And because I had no reason, to, exactly, and I had no reason to think that he was a virgin before we like that. He, yeah, because he said that he was a virgin and I was like, that's fine. 
So when I found out that I was positive, I was like, well, it couldn't have been him because he's just been with me. So if I have it, then I could have given it to him because I was trusting because I trust people because I inherently believe that people aren't trying to be manipulative dickwads. Which is the way to be in a good world. You have to have some sense of like skepticism when dealing with people, unfortunately, which is such like such a hard outer shell to grow. And I mean, to this day, I still, I would like to believe that he doesn't realize what he did. um, Because I just feel like you can't, it's hard for me to believe that people are just that inherently evil. Um, And yeah, so I feel like maybe he didn't realize what he was doing. It was the same thing with my like ex-boyfriend from high school, you know, like he was emotionally abusive, but I don't think that he really realized it because we were 16. Right. And like, we can also just hope that these people grow the fuck up eventually. You know, whatever it was, the relationship itself was toxic. I became toxic because of it because I started becoming very paranoid and he was very controlling over me. So in turn, I started becoming very paranoid and semi-controlling towards him. And it was just like this vicious cycle, Um, kind of like, what is it? Stockholm syndrome. And so Mm -hmm. it was just, it was a terrible cycle. Um, and all in all, it was primarily emotional abuse in that it was a lot of control, manipulation, things of that nature, which I'm sure I, you know, I'm not guilt-free when I caught him cheating on me, I slapped him, which was just kind of a visceral reaction to walking in on someone. And also, you know, society movies tell you like, you're a scorned woman, you slap the man. I don't agree with that. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like if I... Hindsight is twenty twenty, and if I were to be back in that situation, I probably would hopefully not hit him. And that, yeah, I mean that's toxic yeah. behavior. And a lot of people, when I talk to them about it, or if I had talked to them about it, they're like, "Hell yeah, you slap him." But it's like if the roles were reversed, you know, he you exactly. wouldn't want him to hit you. So I mean, he made me a worse person, and we each other terrible mm-hmm. people. And I'm not blaming myself, but I'm recognizing that like I also was contributing to the toxic relationship. I wasn't guilt free. However, mm-hmm. it, I don't blame myself. I don't think that I deserved anything, any treatment that I got. And so there was the emotional abuse. There was sexual abuse. Um, he was very coercive when it came to sex. Because of the fact that I wasn't a virgin, I was expected to have sex with him all the time. Multiple times he would finish and then would like keep having sex with me. I mean, like four or five times in a row. And, and it hurt I didn't want to do it. Um, not saying that like every time I didn't want to, but obviously like I did not consent to all of it. There was a time where I woke up to him having sex with me and he was choking me. And I honestly, I didn't say no because I was scared because he was came into mm-hmm. my apartment. He was drunk and he wanted to have sex. So he did. And I didn't say no, but that does not mean that I wasn't assaulted. And so I think that's very important too. It is very possible mm-hmm. and it is real to be assaulted in a relationship mm-hmm. at the time I didn't even think that it was sexual abuse um and I'm still hesitant to say it just because you know when you think of being raped or things like that you don't think of that situation but to me it was not consensual um I don't I'm not gonna sit here and be like he's a rapist and all these I think there were worse things that he did to me but it was not it was non-consensual mm-hmm. and I was violated in many ways um in that relationship 
Right. With that, the relationship finally ended. Um, we had He had broken up with me because I was friends with my ex-boyfriend on Facebook, one of my good ex-boyfriends, and he lost it. And he was like, that's it. I'm done. So he broke up with me. And I was like, fine. At this point, I was like, cool, fuck off. And then he was on this quest to get me back. So he was visiting me. And this is the thing about abusers. Is they're very good at manipulating and showing that they mm-hmm. can maybe change or do better. So he was visiting and I was like, okay, I'll give you this last chance. Um, and it was around my birthday. And he showed up to my apartment like super fucking drunk. And his hand was all like cut up from something. And he was bleeding everywhere. And then he put his hand, like, I was like, we need to go to the hospital because you need stitches. Like, I mean, there was like pools of blood from this gash in his hand right and he was very belligerent and he was like I can't go I don't have health insurance I can't go I can't go and I was like I can't fix you you know this is my first semester of nursing school I don't know what I'm doing I also can't stitches so there was just blood all over my apartment everywhere and he's like no I can't go because I was like I'll drive you to the hospital like we need to go and he was like no 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 I don't have health insurance I don't have health insurance and then he like put his hands on my shoulders slash neck area and started shaking me and like screaming in my face. And he was like, you are not calling 911. Like I'm not going anywhere. You're not taking me to the hospital. I was like, at that moment, I was like, step away. And I like- Were there like witnesses to this no, in the room too? No, it was just him too? and I. My roommates were home, but they were asleep because this was like three in the morning. So mm-hmm. I step away. Okay. I call my, the first, my response was to call my dad. He didn't mm-hmm. answer, called my mom. And my mom was like, you need to wake. Because I was trying to be nice. And I was like, I don't want to wake up my roommates. And right. Yeah, no, you need to wake up your roommates. So I did. And he ended up like sitting down. And then finally, like we called public safety. And then they called like EMS and took him to the hospital at the hospital. Because I was trying to call my friend who knew who was friends with doctors or something. And he lived like upstairs. So I was trying to mm-hmm. call him to see if he can come down and help. He wasn't answering his phone. This individual, my ex, he refused to go to the hospital unless I rode with him. And he was like going to fight the EMT. So I just said, fuck it. I'll go if he'll be cooperative. And then I was like trying to call my friend at the time. And he was like, who are you calling? And I said, you know, I'm trying to call. And he fucking lost it on me and kicked me out of the like hospital room or like the, like the ER room or ED room. And the nurse was like, you should probably mm-hmm. just go. And I said, cool. So, cause I had clinic, I had nursing clinical that morning and this was like 3 AM. And so I go home, I get ready. I go to, I couldn't sleep. Of course. I'm like sobbing, like super traumatized from this event. There's blood literally everywhere in my apartment. Um, and I show up to nursing clinical and I like explain what happened and she was like, you need to go home. So I went home. And then he ends up calling me being like, they told me that you left me in these care. Like that was my friend. And I was like, no, I fucking didn't. And he was like trying to come over. And I was like, you're not coming over. Um, and the police were there as well at that point. Um, and they were like, you should not go see him. And I was like, I'm just going to bring him his shit and be done with it. And cause I was like, I don't think I was like, I was like he's sobered up at this point. Get out. Then I, Finally, like that was the breaking point for me was when he put his hands on me. I was like, this is like, I need to get out. And Mm -hmm. it sucks that it took that long, but that's just what, that's just how it was. At the time I kind of knew already because we had gotten into a huge fight a couple days earlier. 
Um, and so I gave him his stuff back and I was like, we're done. Um, and so that was the end of that relationship. And to be honest, I didn't think much of it. I thought that we were going to be done and it was going to be fine. What sucks is that in that six months, I lost a group of my friends because they were seeing all of the red flags and all of the behavior and they were tired of it. And I don't blame them. Um, so that's mm-hmm. my core group of friends in St. Louis kind of a lot of them I fell out with because of this relationship, which is pretty common in toxic relationships you lose friendships. Um, I completely lost my sense mm-hmm. of self. I was very codependent. Um, I didn't know who I was and it was terrifying. Um, I lost six months of my fucking mm-hmm. time. <laughs> that sucked. Um, right. And with like that loss of sense of self, I really lost my voice and ability to speak about the trauma. And I've always been a very open person in terms of things going on in my life. Um, but I tried to post about mm-hmm. it on like Instagram. And then he ended up, he ended up making the exact mm-hmm. same post about him. So he did the I'm going to make it look like I was abused and I'm the victim card. Wait, like recently? No, no, no. This was like when this happened. Okay. So like I had made a post about it shortly after on Instagram talking about getting out of a toxic relationship and he literally took my caption verbatim and changed Yeah, and changed it to like fit him to make it look like he was the victim. Um, I had blocked him on everything at this point, so I don't know how he had seen it. And then... Which means he, like, took someone's phone and was typing it out verbatim. So he had people following me around Mm -hmm. campus. Because at this point, he was banned from uh, university campus because I was still a student and he was not at the time of the event where he put it on me. So and since Mm -hmm. public safety was called, called, they were like, so if he steps foot on the campus, like, he'll be arrested. And as soon as I started dating Matt, he went to the Title IX office and accused me of intimate partner violence. Um... And it was a whole mess. Even though that they were fully aware mm-hmm. he was banned from Sluice campus for putting his hands on me, like all of these things. And again, like I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, I slapped him and I don't think that that was right. I also don't think, I mean, to some it's intimate partner violence. It was more of just a reaction, um, obviously, but I mean, it is what it is. And for a long time, I felt very paranoid that he was watching me. Um, to this day, I still Mm -hmm. feel like I only just recently made my Instagram public again because I was scared that he would find it. Um, and it's been years since this incident happened. And like, even talking about it right now, I'm like nervous because I'm like, what if he hears it and something happens? But it's not like Mm -hmm. at this point, there's really not like, I, I would hope that it's just kind of, you know, we move on and we both accept that it was toxic all in all. And like, we both made mistakes. Like, I was there through most of this. It's not hearsay. It's not, like, I can substantiate yeah. these claims. You And you have every right to tell your story, and you have every right to hope that your story inspires other people and makes something in their brains click about yeah. and, shitty I mean, people like him. For a him. long time, I had seen those red flags. I mean, he fucking cheated on me, and forever, I've always... And to this day, I'm still like, if you cheat, like, get the fuck out. And I, the reason I didn't leave was because... I was so codependent on him. It was easier to stay. It hurt less to stay mm-hmm. in, in the short term, in the immediate, mm-hmm. um, than to leave him, which would have been the best option, obviously. Um, but mm-hmm. that was not the case. And then it, it, of course, you know, resulted in more toxic behavior. But, I mean, he threatened me and my safety. He 
in that time, I became a person that I don't even recognize. Like I was a, I was a bad girlfriend because I was just, I didn't know who I was. I was codependent. Like you can't be in a healthy relationship if you're codependent. Um, you know, I'm still fearful to this day, especially being in St. Louis because there's people here who are familiar with the relationship, with the trauma, and I don't like to see them. I don't like to see anyone that remotely reminds me of this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, like there were, to kind of conclude, there are a couple positive points that I want to highlight, at least from my experience. Um, I'm definitely the type of person now that I try to find this, I try to find the silver lining in situations. Um, and I can't say that I've really forgiven this person. I think I've, I've definitely moved on. Um, I've decided I've let go of the situation. I don't, I don't so much hate this individual anymore. It's more of just like just a part of my life that I wish didn't happen, but it did happen. I accept that it happened. Um, and all I can say is that I hope that they have that he has grown from it, um, and that he's become a better person. I don't think. Um, I would hope that this is not the person that he wanted to be um, or is today. So hopefully he's grown as well. Um, so that's really all. But for me, in terms of the silver lining, I think the most important thing that I tell myself is because I started dating Matt only a couple months after this relationship ended. And that was completely unintentional. I was totally in the phase of like, I'm going to do my, like, I'm going to be single and do me and whatever. And I met Matt and it just kind of fell into place. Mm -hmm. Um, But prior to this individual, I was not able to really appreciate love and open myself up to a relationship. And because of it, I was. And I think without it, Mm-hmm. Sure, I might have find some found someone else who would have done that for me, but I don't think I would have been with Matt. I don't think I would have appreciated Matt because he's such a good and wonderful human being. And if he's listening or if he's ever listened, it's just basically me talking about how great Matt is. Um, it's such a magnificent human being that I don't think that I would have really appreciated that had I not gone through this. Um, and he was so magnificent because obviously there were parts of it that I was dealing with while we were dating pretty shortly after we started dating and he was always there with me through it. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. Um, Mm -hmm. But because of that, I was able to realize, you know, that I can love, that I'm capable of love. Um, And it's shown me what I deserve or what I don't deserve at least, like what I know are problems. And it really sucked that it happened, but it did happen. And I can't Mm -hmm. change that. So it's allowed me to, it's in a way given me a new life in that I've really come into confidence of who I am, of what I deserve, what I want, um, and not tolerating bullshit. So when it came to, yeah. And when it came to this current situation that I found myself in over the past, you know, several months, um, it wasn't a toxic relationship as much, but more of just a lot of toxic behavior. Um, but I was able to recognize, you know, manipulative behavior, behavior that I didn't agree with, behavior that was making me feel uncomfortable and kind of bring that up and talk about it, which goes into the whole, like, not all toxic traits lead to a toxic relationship. You, It's something that you recognize and you have to talk about and be like, oh shit, okay, and move forward from that. But this relationship, I also recognized was not in the best interest for me. And so, you know, I got out of like ended that one as well. And so I think 
it's kind of important and it helps with recovery to kind of try to find some silver lining. And that is obviously not always the case. It is very hard, especially when you go through some significant trauma. But for me, it's kind of helped me. You know, I truly believe that without this experience, I would not have been able to appreciate Matt. And that is upsetting because Matt's great. And it would suck if I didn't appreciate him, but I did. And so that's all that matters. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's that really fun, heavy story on toxic relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that was heavy. Um, We're going to take a break because maybe you need need a minute to reset. Maybe you're like me and your Apple Watch just told you to breathe uh, because that's how that whole thing made me feel. Um, And maybe you're like me and you also sat there and you kind of counted down with Amanda of like, Oh, remember when I slept, that guy I was dating at his 21st birthday party because he said something awful to me in a room full of people that embarrassed the shit out of me. Um, And I feel bad about slapping him to this day. Or uh, the same person told me that his ex-girlfriend thought I was ugly. Not that he thought I was ugly, but his ex-girlfriend did. But he had to tell me this. Or that uh, if I was going to be with him longer term, I would have to take up running. Um, maybe maybe those are experiences that you've had um, in your own toxic relationship, and maybe Amanda triggered that. Um, so we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to you about warning signs of a toxic Ooh. relationship, blanket terms, um, and then how to break orbit and advice Ooh. from other people, BRB. Well, holy shit, let's get back to this yikes <laughs> of an episode. Deep and dark. See, we gotta start deep breath. that way we can like we lighten should've... it up with being like, here's some red flags and we'll put in some, some jokes about it. Also, how do people fucking have true crime podcasts talking about people getting fucking raped and murdered? That's dark. They drink during them. That's like the concept of half of them and I'm currently drinking wine to deal with this. So... Oof. Well, so maybe you were like, oh, Amanda's story sounds vaguely familiar. I've had situations happen to me like that. What else do I need to know about maybe being in a toxic relationship? <sighs> well, we have a story. No, we have many stories to go with a lot of numbered things. Oh, I have a top 10 list. Look at that. Oh, boy. So from Bustle and our brains. Number one sign you're in a possibly toxic relationship. You apologize too much and all the time. If it's literally always your fault for whatever reason, you did something and now they're mad or they're now they're sad or now they're going to go hurt themselves or others or something and you're apologizing constantly, you're in a toxic relationship. With that, there are some people who Holy just say, shit. like, especially women, because we're trained to just say sorry for fucking everything, and we need to not apologize for everything. But something that you pointed out that's very important is if they're making you feel bad all the time and making you feel like you need to apologize, that's, that's what's toxic. Mm-hmm. You're the crazy one. You want too much from them. You need too much. Or they're not doing enough for the, you're not doing enough for them. You don't care about them. They should just go die. Mm-hmm. That and you're apologizing for that. That's a problem. You have to stay in contact constantly, or they'll be mad. Funny story. I've watched this happen on Facebook. I have a Facebook friend who literally 
for the past four or so years has checked in with her boyfriend, now husband, on Facebook and been like, oh, I'm here and I miss at boyfriend husband so much. I wish she was here too. And she's like clearly announcing her location and like tagging him so he can see where she is at all times. And it's really fucking crazy. Yeah, that's toxic. Like if you can't go somewhere without your it's one thing to like know where your partner's at like that's I don't think a crime to be like oh I'm going I'm going out with Sally and Jennifer tonight right um cool but if you have to be like I am at this bar now I am at this bar and if you have to be in contact with them or else they'll like to pick a fight that's bullshit they're not they're not your fucking keepers right the relationship after my toxic relationship I started doing that he's like I literally don't (laughs) care where you are Katie like just get home safe I was like, wow. And he had been in a toxic relationship before, too. So, like, he totally understood it, which he got it. He understood what I was doing and why I was doing it. He was just like, Katie, I don't care. Go to camps. Just get home safe. So you take the blame or they shift the blame to you and make you feel like it's your fault. This also goes along with the uh, whole, like, saying sorry all the time because it's your miscommunication. It's your fault. It's your needs or wants causing problems, and you are the yeah, like, steadfast creator of all of the problems in the relationship. Be being with feelings, with wants, with needs. It's, it's not a mutual disagreement. That's toxic. That's not good. This is almost like, like, so we have a list of what, 10 things. This is almost like a game. Like, we are more of these. You're in a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, if you have, if you have three you're in it you have you're dating someone with toxic traits that you need to talk to them about if you have four to six you need to seriously consider your relationship i'm calling i'm not like a professional but i'm calling it there if you have six or above get the fuck out and if you have six or above get the fuck out yeah so you've priority prioritization disparities because codependency is not fucking cute if you have to be in like constant contact and like you just need them all the time that, that's just straight yeah, up unhealthy like, but there are toxic traits you're prioritizing that. them but they're not prioritizing you that's not cool either like if you're the one mm. spending all your time and energy like on this relationship and it's very one-sided that's not good that's kind of like how my like recent situation was where it was right. like I was the one really trying to make things work and it wasn't mm-hmm. so yeah. you're the one who gets emotionally exhausted by it <laughs> Number five, name calling. So they're calling you a bitch or a whore or a slut, like in Amanda's case. Or I don't, this is this is an antidote, but I think it's important, and I think it shows a bunch of red flags all at once. If your man refuses to put your actual name in his phone or gives you funny or cute stuff instead, and he's an adult. That is a general red flag. That may not be a toxic behavior red flag. If he's just like, if it's like booty schnookums in his phone, that's fucking weird. But like, it's still a red flag. But however, I was constantly getting like less than nice pet names. And other people occasionally got them in this guy's phone too. So like his, they referred to their friend group as a phrase that I literally cannot say. But let me tell you, they were all Mm. white. So it was really inaccurate. So they were racist too. Right. Ooh, yikes. Yikes. Uh, so other people got these names too, but they weren't as uh, heinous as mine. But in reality, he was using it so you couldn't see who he was texting, really. It's so, like you knew like the vague names of his buddies, 
But uh, the biggest red flag for me was when I was no longer a dick gobbler in his phone. His ex had graduated back up to dick gobbler. Yes, I was dumb. Yes, he got back with his ex-girlfriend. Yes, we continued a weird, fake, toxic relationship while he was fucking his ex-girlfriend. Number six, they have secrets they refuse to share or won't explain why they won't share. Yeah, that's not cool. You need to have... I mean, like, there's shit that you're, like, not going to tell your significant other, like, I secretly love to lick pickles. I don't know. Like, something dumb like that. But (laughs) if your significant other is being very avoidant of, of, like, pretty big header type things, that's a huge red flag. And if they're not willing to be open and honest with you about things, like, that's not cool. Obviously, if you've only been dating them for a week, you're not going to be like, what's the worst fucking thing that's ever happened to you? Right, but like even if you were in a like they were in a previous toxic relationship, eventually those things get shared. Eventually, like eventually the skeletons start to come out of closets because you gotta eventually move in together and share a closet. You get to a point where like they know deep dark shit about you, and that's okay, and they love you for it anyways. Not like they won't tell you where they were all weekend because it's not your business. Just like being really sketchy, or if you ask them important questions like. When was the last time you got STD tested and they don't want to answer? That's not good because it's your health. (laughs) But (laughs) jealousy to the point where they degrade or control you. There was a point in time where um, I was going to go through and dig through my phone and find some really nasty uh, voicemails, but I have since deleted them. Thank God, because they said things like, you're probably fucking some other dude right now. It's okay, though, because I tried to get some puss tonight and I was unsuccessful, so I'm calling your bitch ass. Honest to God, I can hear it in my head. So if you're getting things like that and they're jealous for no particular reason, they tell you not to see other people, Ooh. but then they go fuck their coworkers instead. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell my full story. I'll just give you tidbits and you can make the decision on who the terrible (laughs) person is. (laughs) Yeah, no, if it's like, because jealousy is normal, like you're going to have a little bit of it. Jealousy is normal. Jealousy, um, if you're in Amanda's case and you were in a not super well-defined relationship, Mm -hmm. is very normal and very human. But uh, guilting people and chastising people and like emotionally attacking them because you're jealous constantly or controlling them because you're going to be jealous is bad telling them that they can't go places because they'll be talking to other people or you can't go you can't drink because if you drink you'll talk to other people you'll go to bars and if you go to bars you'll meet somebody better than me and then you'll leave me shit like that if you can't emotionally cope with that you're a toxic (laughs) piece of shit Number eight, drama, parentheses, unnecessary. I mean, every relationship has drama. Like, you're going to have issues. Yeah. But if it gets, like, to be a fucking soap opera, like, this is not the young and the fucking restless, okay? No. We need to tone it. I'm a messy bitch who lives for drama, but no. I love drama, but I don't love my own drama. Like, it should not be. Right. I saw this beautiful, and this kind of goes into our advice, little tips that we have, too. But I saw this thing, or my friend sent me this thing, and it just said, Quit having relationship issues with people that you're not in a relationship with. And I was like, you're fucking right. And yep. But then obviously, like, if you're in a relationship with someone, I mean, 
fuck. If it is not, not that it's always going to be easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. Um, but at times, like if it's take, if it's so emotionally draining to you because they're just like so fucking dramatic and like you are being taxed and exhausted by it, you need to get out mm-hmm. or like visit that issue. That's all. Yeah. I'll say. You need to visit that issue is a good way of putting it. Number nine, you lose your sense of self. If you're the bitch who lost her hobbies and her friends to keep up with a boy, you're in a toxic relationship. Yes. And we're not going to make you feel bad for that. You need to recognize that that's not good. Like if you're losing your sense of self, like that's not okay. That is leading to codependency. Oddly enough, I like lost my dorm friends who I didn't really care about because I wasn't super close with them. It's like I've known you for three months longer than I've known this dude. You you don't actually rank that much higher than this person. And I lost those people and I don't necessarily regret that because it later came out that they weren't that great people anyways. But I ended up getting closer (laughs) with my sorority sisters because they were able to like really know the deep dark and dirty secrets and be like Katie what the fuck Mm. and get me through a lot of it rather than like allow like some of them like obviously allowed it to happen because it went on for far too long Mm. and some of my friends exterior from the sorority allowed it to happen but it wasn't their job to fix Mm. it um but like I did lose friends and you can't and like you lost friends like it's very possible and I've watched people walk away from friendships I've had with them so they can go like be with some dude who's not all that special and it sucks and it's definitely hard but at the same time like your true friends will be the ones that stick there with you and your true friends will be like me and they'll be like okay you need to go through this apparently because you didn't go through it the exact scenario before you need to have your moment. You need to learn for yourself why this yeah. is bad. I'll be out here on the other yeah, side. Like you, Kate, or you're Katie. You, Kelsey, and Sarah. I'm and Sarah. I've had that much wine. Um, you know, have stuck with me through literally it all. And um, yeah, and that like shows because even though you guys weren't here physically, I think I mean that could have made a difference. But I know that I can always depend on you, no matter what, and that's what matters. And it sucks to lose a core group of friends. Like I lost a whole friend group, but in the mm-hmm. end, like to a degree, they're not your true friends if they're not going to be there through it. Even though they like are sick and tired of seeing you hurting. But it's important to recognize that it's really hard to get out of something until you realize that you need to get out of it. And that comes at various degrees mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And a lot of times it's like 20,000 light years after everyone else sees it. So, And that's the way it is. Yeah. And, and finally, you have to ask them for permission to do things like they're your parents and you're five years old. Yeah. If you'd be like, honey, can I go out tonight? Can I do this? Can I have my friends over? Can I can I still remain friends with a person that I, you may may or may not like or they may just have the same genitalia as you? Like, what the fuck? You need to really visit that situation. You need yeah, you need if to you're, visit that. If you're a grown ass adult with your own job and shit, and you're an independent ass human being, and someone is like you're asking someone permission to do grown-ass adult things. 
Not like, I'm not talking like making mm-hmm. like, can I buy this car in the credit card that has both of our names on it? It's, it's not that. Or like, can I buy us a house? Not these types no. of decisions. I'm talking like going out with friends. Like that's fucked yeah. up. Even if you're in a committed relationship, like yeah. you don't need permission to hang out with people or do certain things if it involves like you or your body or anything like that. Um, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about like relationship-based concerns. Like, can I get my belly button pierced? And they're like, fuck no. How dare you do that Dumbo. to yourself? You're in a toxic relationship and you need to get the fuck out and go get your belly button pierced. <laughs> and dye your hair. And yeah, maybe cut it. Want. And do whatever the fuck you want. Because fuck that. And now that we've been over, like, okay, so here's the signs. Maybe you, like, checked some boxes and you're like, shit, Katie and Amanda, I hear you. I've dealt with this. I'm dealing with it right now. Well, how the fuck uh, do you take that, like, great leap of faith on yourself? Sorry. God damn it, Amanda. I'm having a moment. That was, that was my how gastrointestinal system. It needs to let it out. Let it out. Let it out, like, your emotions. So how the fuck do you get the fuck out? And why is it so hard to leave an unhealthy or toxic relationship? Why are you like, clearly it's bad. You wouldn't like continue to do something bad for you. You wouldn't punch, continue to punch yourself yeah. in the face. Like, what are you doing? Manipulation station. Yeah. That's, made, that's, that's why it's so hard is because you're manipulated. And yeah. you you that you can't you think you don't deserve better you think you can't get better you think yeah. that life will be over without them because that's For what number one, number one toxic people bring down your self-esteem and now you're down on yourself you dumb bitch you're like oh i don't deserve better this is the best i'm going to do i need to be with this person because this is my stratosphere in life this is the best i deserve or you're just like comfortable. Like you're like, this is comfortable and you're too scared because you'd rather, which goes into another point mm-hmm. that we're going to make. But I guess we can just go into mm-hmm. it of like being with them is better than being alone. Yeah. Being with them is better than being alone. You're like, wow, I would rather deal with their bullshit on the daily than face this world on my lonesome and handle things as an individual. Which, like, being an individual is scary. Being alone is scary, especially when you've been with someone for a long period of time. God, help us. You're talking to the right people who know that. So, like, yeah, yeah, but if you're in a bad situation, you need to get out of it no matter the cost to your, your, your fear of being alone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, like, I definitely struggled with this. I mean, like, after Matt and I broke up, I was immediately on Bumble, mainly to get some like immediate gratification. Which I totally told her to do because again, I t- I've said it before, I'll say it again. The faster That's you right. get under someone, the sooner you get over someone. Well, yes, but Go out and get that dick. Do not get attached to that dick. I got attached to that dick. So that was the problem. But yeah, it's that fear. And then I was unable to give up that dick for a very long time, even though I knew it was not good for me. Because it was better than being alone. And not that like, and that just applies in general, to be quite fair. Because you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be in a toxic relationship to deal with this. If you're in any relationship that you are unhappy in um, mm-hmm. or are, are realizing that it's not the best for you, being alone and being able to really, to have an opportunity to find someone who treats you the way that you should be treated is a lot better 
than being with someone who brings you fucking down. Yep. You know what you can do alone all the time? Walk around in your underwear and masturbate. I woke up this morning with a satisfier down my pants. What? I'm living my best life. Absolutely you are. What a life. What a dream. Please sponsor us, Lilo. (laughs) It's a true fucking story. It's fine. I, I was very tired and lazy and horny all at once. I'm all of my best qualities all at once. Yes. So. so whoa. <laughs> oof. Yikes. You're trying too hard to be understanding and empathetic for this person. You're giving them excuses. You're giving them excuses. You're, you're framing it as empathy. And you're like, hey, if I was in their position, I, I would, would feel this way too. If I had just been with that person and then gotten with me, I would be a complete asshat too. Yeah, that's that's nothing, sweetie. Um, good people don't do that. Yeah, I am so guilty of this because I try to be very compassionate and empathetic, and I try to see obviously people's perspectives. And I, my my one friend, my coworker slash friend. She, when I would talk to her about like any issues I was having, she's like, you're giving them excuses. She's like, stop that shit. And I was like, I am not, but I totally was. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) being empathetic is okay. But if you're giving them excuses for their toxic behavior, that's not okay. At a detriment to yourself. Yeah. Like if you're like unbothered by their behavior, like truly deeply unbothered and you're just empathetic, like trying to be empathetic with them, that's one thing. But, like, no, don't do it to at a detriment to yourself. Yeah. Furthermore, you're a fucking fixer. You want to fix people, don't you? You want to you wanna take them in. You want to you wanna take them and make them a better person. And you believe in your heart of hearts and they're broken. And they need help. And they, they could be better emotionally or they could be more compassionate they could have a better job they could really rise to be something better and it's gonna be you it's gonna be you you fucking hero Mm -hmm. to make them a better fucking person well guess what that's stupid don't do it if they have a lot of baggage and people some people have a lot of baggage i am one of them but having your baggage, recognizing it and being healthy about it is a lot different than having your baggage and, yeah, not being willing to accept it and realize when you have commitment issues. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, so there are things, there are some things that you can't fucking fix. You can't fix yeah. a person's baggage. Yeah. You can be there for Don't. them, but you can't fix them. You can be there for them. You can support them when they do make good decisions. You can advise them against making bad ones. But you, it is not your fucking job to coach someone to be a better person. It's not your fucking job to be their therapist. Mm-hmm. It's not your fucking job to hold their fucking hand through whatever challenge they they have that you think that, like, if I'm there at the end, I'm going to win out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the winner. I'm going to be the fixer. I'm going to get 
a gold star for like helping this person. Nobody's going to give you a fucking gold star. You put in work. This also goes along with being a fixer. And it goes along with the whole like prioritization thing. Like if you're the one putting in all goddamn effort, you need to revisit that. Right. Like you, you met them and they were a tarnished piece of shit of a human being. And now they're like a slightly shinier poop. <laughs> and you're like, wow. I Slightly <laughs> <laughs> shinier poop. Never. <laughs> a shiny poop like up just like the stars in space. Exactly. The shiny poop that twinkles adds beauty to my or butt god so they're a shiny piece of poop now (laughs) they're still a piece of poop so if you you helped them you spent money on their relationship you decided to forego other opportunities for them i don't know you you spent a bunch of money getting them to where they need to be maybe you paid for everything maybe you took a lot of time out of your life and out of your needs to like make sure that they achieved their goals and you're like I put in so much work I like made them love me what do I do now that's a waste of in your case that was a waste of six months of your fucking life if I if I dropped friends and I did all of this stuff and I put in work and I I made choices and I made sacrifices why shouldn't I get to reap these benefits? Well, because there are no benefits of your fucking toxic relationship, you dumb bitch. Um, you're hopeful that it's going to get good again. And you're in a place where you're like, well, they're so sweet and nice to me. But no one else was or when when I needed it most. And they're mean now and they're going they're going through a tough time. There's there's something in this situation that's not that is an exterior motivator for their bad behavior it's not about who they are it can get good again it was fun then Mm. yeah it was fun then because you were probably putting in a lot of work to make it fun and you were probably working your ass off to make it good and make them happy and make them nice to you the second you stop putting in that work they get mean again yeah and that's when it's time to go that's what makes it hard because you were like hey it could get good again. Well, it could also turn into absolute garbage fire. So, uh, hedge your bets on a garbage fire. You grew up seeing your parents in a toxic relationship, and you're accustomed to the drama. We're just growing up around toxic relationships. We're like, at some point, you grew up in a toxic relationship. Maybe your first relationship was super toxic. You were super young and impressionable, and you just thought that was normal. Or also even just having a toxic relationship with your friends or your parents. Because, like, toxic Mm -hmm. romantic relationships and toxic friendships also exist. So, and, like, that influences how you have interactions with other people. And so you're used to it. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm used to being yelled at all the time. This is normal. It's normal for there to be this much yelling. It's normal for people to storm out. It's normal for people to cheat on each other. No, it's not. I mean, it happens a lot, but, like, that doesn't make it good. If they comment on your weight, your appearance, the qualities about you that, like, someone you're in a romantic relationship should appreciate every fucking bit about you. If you're in a relationship where they comment on that they make you feel small they make you feel ugly they don't make you feel beautiful or you're not in a relationship and they're like in order to be in a relationship with me you will have to be able to run three miles Mm -hmm. every morning 
we'll, we'll do that together. I'll train you, but you have to become a runner if we're going to be together. Guess what? I didn't become a runner. (laughs) So if you're in a situation like that, you, you need to understand that you are beautiful and you have great qualities to you and you deserve so much fucking better. And you, you got it. It's going to be hard to break orbit because that gets back into the self-esteem issue. They've, beat the shit out of your self-esteem but it's time to fucking yeah. go and with that i think we've come to the advice portion yeah. of our so evening we consulted a group of badass individuals i love that thoughts on toxic relationships any advice that they have one of them number three is my personal favorite which i actually have done not intentionally both times yeah um, it's i've done it I've done it. And I'm still friends with the friend. Uh, but anyway, so we wanted to kind of talk about that because, again, this is something that happens to a lot of people. You are not alone if it's happening to you. And toxic relationships happen in very different different ways as well. Like not everyone's going to have like everyone's experience is different. But at this at the end of the day, a toxic relationship is a toxic relationship. And it's important to recognize that you're not mm-hmm. alone and that you're not dumb. You're not any of those things. There's nothing wrong with you if you stay for too long or whatever. If you get out, you get out. That's what's important. So here's some advice from people who have overcome all of the bullshittery that are toxic relationships. So anyway, the first one is, and these are verbatim from what they typed out. So block them Mm -hmm. on all social media. Truth. Let it go. You might think that they were nice with other partners. You were just the one who got unlucky, but that's not true. Maybe you were toxic too. That also happens. Forgive yourself and maybe forgive them. Let it go. We're all screwed one way or another, but life is too short to waste hurting each other on toxic relationships. You deserve better, even if you can't see it yet. Which like, oh, I don't even yes. have anything to add because that's the fucking truth. Oh, that, that was so good. I'm going to read one. This is from Molly. Molly's cool as fuck. Trust your gut. It's so incredibly hard to do when you've been gaslit and abused by someone you love. But the biggest lesson I learned was spotting those red flags from the beginning. You know what behaviors are normal and you know what ones aren't. You know what normal is and a healthy way of processing emotions. You know what healthy communication looks like and what unhealthy communication looks like. If someone is trying to convince you that you don't know what you know, they have ulterior motives. Hell Hell yeah, yeah, bitch. Number three. Fuck their friends. This is my fucking favorite. Uh, honestly, okay. I'm not gonna lie. I'm unofficially officially putting my support in this only because I've done it two out of the three times, and the first two of the three have backfired, or they did backfire. But at the time, I was mm-hmm. like, hell yeah. And yeah, I don't regret it. It did make me feel a little bit better, but like, obviously you do you, but I think that's really fucking funny. And I'm not saying, obviously it's not for everyone. I'm not trying to be like, fuck all of the friends of your ex-boyfriends or girlfriends, but. And like, don't do it. Don't do it for attention for damn sure. Like, don't do it. So they like know that you're out I just think it's really funny. Do it. That someone did this, like, put that down as a as advice, but like it's I've done it, so I had to put it in there. Yeah. Extension, fuck his dad. Become his stepmother, <laughs> raise him better. Fucking truth. All right. Number four. Cut off all contact. This is a running theme. No matter what, don't bother trying to do the friends thing. Remove all the people in your life that may bring that person around as well. 
because if they're good friends, they'll understand why you need distance yourself for some time. Block them on social media. (laughs) Delete their number again. When you start looking back at the good times of the relationship, also remind yourself why you left. Sometimes we use the good moments to keep us afloat until the bad times pass again. And there's a good moment. And then there's another good moment. On the self-care route, get your hair done, your nails done, take nice baths, exercise, read, stay busy, and have a go-to person that doesn't associate with your ex for when you're feeling weak. And honestly, I don't refrain from drinking. This is also like a very solid tip that may bring up too many emotions and lead to bad decisions like texting your ex. We've all done it while drunk. Don't fucking do it. If nights are hard for you, as they are for me, I'd suggest tea or maybe even some sleep aids. Melatonin's great, if needed, until you can manage without them again. Wake up extra early so you'll be able to go to bed at a good time the next night. I'm having to do this myself right now. I just got out of a three-year toxic relationship, and due to all the issues, I let myself hit rock bottom. I'm picking myself back up, not only because of the breakup, but because all the damage I caused to myself while spiraling down with him. These are the things that are getting me through the day. If you don't have any contact with any old friends because of the relationship, join a group with women, empowering women, and that will be right there if you need someone to talk to. That is such a good sentiment. Absolutely. What a bad bitch. Um, So yeah, I have nothing to add to that one because that one was pretty pretty legit. For real. Self-care. So I mean, I dyed my hair today. It was great. I went to therapy. I got a facial. Like, I'm living (laughs) my best goddamn life. Um. Anyway, Mm -hmm. leaving a toxic relationship is always very hard and it's always so fucking worth it, which is the goddamn truth. Once you've made the choice to go, stand your ground. The running theme is to block them on everything. Enlist friends and family to help you stay strong, whether that means asking them to talk, talk you down from reaching out or save the screenshots you sent them of the ex being terrible. However, don't deny your feelings of grief. This is also so, so, so important. You're mourning the end of a relationship and the loss of someone you at one point thought was wonderful. And while it's okay to miss that person and the good times you had, it's also important to remember why you left and that they're not changing anytime soon. I think this is really important because the first time I got out of a toxic relationship, and that was with um, Walmart brand Kellen Quinn, I (laughs) shut myself down. I didn't want to feel the emotion, so I shut it out. And I became Mm -hmm. very emotionally inept and unable to like maintain a good romantic relationship. And that fucked with me for a while because there were a lot mm-hmm. of people that I was dating and I felt like I, I probably ended up screwing over some people and not meaning to because I just wasn't able to have a relationship. And mm-hmm. so it's important to understand that it's okay to be upset. You might have been like, well, they suck, but it's okay to be upset over it because it sucks. Breakups, breakups suck no matter what, no matter if they were mm-hmm. for good reasons, bad reasons, whatever. They're yeah. never fun. It's okay to be no. upset, feel those emotions, but don't let them like control you or overpower you. Like yesterday, I was bummed the fuck out because mm-hmm. I ended a relationship with someone and or pseudo relationship with someone. And I went to work because I picked up an extra shift. Someone had brought in donuts. I'm gluten tolerant, still ate two fucking donuts. And then I had a cupcake and then I got fucking Taco Bell and ate some chalupas, which are also full of gluten. And I said, fuck it. I'm going to do that today. And tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to let this fucking bring me down. So it's important to feel those Mm -hmm. emotions, but don't let them consume you. So we keep talking about like blocking them on social media, deleting their number. Don't take that as like a sign that you lost in any way. Like you can't see them because you're too hurt and you can't handle it. Do not take that as like a sign that you like lost the breakup or anything. Take it as like you are 
doing something good for yourself that you know is healthy. I block all of my exes immediately, uh, no matter how the relationship went on social media. Um, And I literally recently unblocked one of them because he requested a Christmas card. And I was like, oh, I should probably unblock you for that cool now. So, which was, I don't, still fucking weird. Um, But (laughs) whatever. But like, you can, you can unblock that person later. They don't, they probably won't notice. And once you're beyond it, like, don't consider that like Mm -hmm. a loss or like a tick on your, yeah. Okay. This is one of my fucking favorites. I asked myself, where do I see, where do you see yourself in 20 years? If it was going to be happy, healthy, and doing what I loved, I knew it wasn't going to happen as long as I stayed with him. It was hard to leave, but I kind of had to keep my eye on the prize by working towards my career and education goals. It kept me on track and allowed me that space to heal. Seriously, you're in a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Where do you see it going? My toxic relationship? It's like, okay, endgame, we're happy in five years. Endgame, eventually, like, what do you do in a relationship? You get married. What does that wedding look like? All of my friends hate him. All of his friends hate me. At the time, I was super close with someone that his uh, his friend had cheated on my friend. So our mm-hmm. bridal party was going to be a fucking mess. And I'm supposed to tell a bunch of people that I love this person when they all know that – when I know that literally everyone in my section of the church or the space or whatever fucking hates him. Mm-hmm. No, that was never going to happen. It was never – like Endgame was never – going to be getting married it was always going to end somehow it just needed to go so where do you see yourself in 20 years that person's probably not fucking there if you've ever yeah you ever had a pregnancy scare and you're like i would never in a million years want to have a child with this person that's a sign not that like you would want to have a child that's a sign saying like if you're like wow i really don't want to be pregnant but i really don't want to be pregnant with this person's child Right? Like, That's God. A <laughs> I can't even, I can't even iterate on that more. Yeah, that's it. If you, if you can't have their baby, Pretty you much. need to break up with them. <laughs> it, even like, okay, you're the guy and it's a girl. Let's say that happens. Uh, cause I feel like most of our listeners are straight women, but like, I could be very wrong. So you're, you're the guy and you impregnate this person. Do you want to pay child support? Do you even want to pay child support? Do you even want to like share this living creature with this person? Do you, do you even care enough to hold her hand or want to be there to hold her hand during the abortion because she's a goddamn toxic bitch? No, then don't yeah. date this person. That's all I have to say. Yeah. So something I saw that really stuck with me was an apology without change in behavior is manipulation. Say it again. It's like a song. An apology without change in behavior is manipulation. Say it again. An apology without change in behavior is manipulation. So... Yeah. Remind yourself of that. If they are apologizing but not fucking changing their toxic behavior, it is time to get out. And that mm-hmm. – It's also not your fucking job to be there when they figure it out that absolutely. they need to change. They are probably not going to change for you. That's the – you're a fixer. You want to fix this person. You want to put that work in. Well, sorry, honey. They're not responsive to it because they can already mm-hmm. manipulate you. Why should they change? Absolutely. And then the one that we've already mentioned, but isn't 
important to reiterate. Quit having relationship problems with people you aren't even in a relationship yeah, that's with. that's literally what I was dealing with. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't defined the relationship, they owe you nothing and you owe them nothing, in my supreme opinion. Um, you can dangle a carrot of a relationship in front of a person and make them jump through hoops, though. And that's shitty. And you're a toxic person if you're doing that. You're a piece of shit. You hear me? You're a piece of shit. <sighs> yikes. That's going to be the name of this episode. Just yikes. Yikes, indeed. Yikes, indeed. Well, I hope you made one person cry. <laughs> I mean, like, crying in a good way, maybe? Maybe they're like, wow, I feel so empowered. Not, like, actually crying, you know? No, I don't want you, like, sobbing. But I want you, like, maybe having tears brought to your eyes, realizing, like, oh, shit, this is my significant other. Wow. I'm just sort of laughing. So maybe we can make them cry a lot. This is the most ridiculous shit that I've ever fucking can we do that first before we do happy endings? Because I love it so much and I want to get to it. So, guys, I'm so sorry we, like, made this whole big-ass deal about shitty people. But, like, it's important and it's important that you hear it and it's important that, like, you're aware of it in yourself or others or significant others. Or, like, at this point, it's 2019. We're all pretty <laughs> shitty to each other. I've been in a toxic relationship. I've been in relationships with people who were previously in toxic relationships, whether they admit it or not. And it's important that you understand that, that it's all, like it's kind of a badge of honor, unfortunately. We all get that Girl Scout badge of being in a toxic relationship mm-hmm. at some point. But it's important to know the signs and how to cope with it and how to deal with yes. yourself and others. So, Amanda, okay. resident vampire, Absolutely. can you please <laughs> read our listener mail? I love this listener mail so much, guys. Oh, my God. The girl who submitted it. What's her name? Okay. It's from Mercedes. Okay. So this is from Mercedes. Thank you, Mercedes. Holy it's shit. Unreal. I kind of wish it happened to me. Holy shit. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> resident cool. vampire, take it away. I went on one date with this guy from Russia in 2017. That already says a lot. We went for ice. And then we went for a nice yep. long walk at the quay. I want to say that was supposed to be quarry. Either way. That doesn't sound safe By either. this time it was dark out and he proceeded to explain to me <laughs> that he was a real vampire <laughs> from the old country. And he really did drink blood, but that he wouldn't be drinking mine because he can tell I wasn't a virgin. So my blood was contaminated. And for that reason, he would not be having sex with me. Obviously, that is my dream fucking date. I want to be slut-shamed by vampires so badly. I've been to fucking Romania. I've been to the Bran Castle that inspired Bram Stoker to write Dracula Mm -hmm. due to – because that was where Vlad the Impaler lived. And I didn't fucking meet You didn't meet a vampire who wouldn't fuck you. Honestly, if my ex was like, I am upset with you because you're not a virgin because I'm a vampire, I'd be like, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay i understand your limitations as a vampire but it is my favorite thing i mean that's toxic because like he's smut shaming you but like and i mean i'm i would not personally as also a vampire but not a real one uh i support it i guess i'm a real one in the sense that like i'm i literally get sick from the sun but that's about it and i'm pale Mm-hmm. You're like what they, the old, they in the old country, they would have accused you of being a vampire and stabbed you for sure. This guy apparently got out of the old country for that reason, but really believes it and won't fuck this girl because she's not a virgin. 
first Hades thank you for submitting that I love it so much it's incredible I can't. and on that note we're gonna end with our that's truly incredible what's your other than this story and how funny it is Amanda what is your happy ending this week okay so my happy ending is my brother for my birthday got me a mandolin which I have been wanting for over a year I have no idea how to play a stringed instrument. And I was like, a guitar is too mainstream. And so is a ukulele because that's what all the little basic hipster ladies do. And so I was like, you know what's not? A fucking mandolin. So if I ever get sent back in time to the 1500s, I can be a court jester and I can play the fucking mandolin for them. But I need to actually like, learn before I do that. But that's the goal. No, there's two There's two things we're going to do. You're going to be a member of Mumford & Sons because you could literally probably walk up on stage and they wouldn't notice because there's so many fucking people in Mumford & Sons. And second, we're definitely going to a Renaissance fair and you're getting in a full jester garb with the hat, with the jingles on the hat, and you're going to go up to people and sing them like bard ballads. And I'm going to lose my shit every time. Yes. Also, there's only that's- four members of Mum- Mumford & Sons, but that's... I feel like live, they're supposed to have like a million and one people. It's like the Dave Matthews Band or Jimmy Buffett. So many. So many. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, I'd play the mandolin, and they'd be like, Are you Mumford or any of his sons? We're the only ones who play that. It's fine. I think one of the Jonas Brothers plays the mandolin. Can they teach me? Is it? Maybe. Well, they're all married. Unfortunately. They're not like Mormons, so they won't take sister wives. No, but if I could I would marry Sophie Turner, so be a sister wife. I would sell my soul to be a sister wife to Sophie Turner. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like I, I'm there with you. I'm wife number three. Beautiful, but yeah. So that's mine. I'm waiting to get. I get the tuner and picks that I ordered tomorrow, and I think I'm gonna go to Guitar Center and maybe get a case. Ooh. What is your happy ending, Katie? So the opposite of happy endings, uh, literally this week. So I was out on Saturday. I had got, gotten brand new shoes. They're platforms. They're super cute. And then the straps broke on one of them. And then I was walking somewhere else and the strap broke on the other one. And I was walking like a penguin. And then today, uh, my plastic fork literally broke while I was trying to consume my sad desk lean cuisine. So like today is not my day, but before we started recording, I started watching Queer Eye and it took me about 0.4 seconds to start tearing up because Queer Eye is my favorite and it makes me feel so many feels. And as gay as they all are, I'd probably fuck all of them if I was a man. Um, and yeah, especially, especially oh, Anthony. <sighs> I really just yeah, love said, Anthony, but Jonathan is my favorite. I love mm. his energy. I aspire to attack each day like Jonathan Van Ness Absolutely. Does. And that's my happy ending. I'm going to start attacking a day like Jonathan Van Ness would, who is apparently from Quincy, Illinois, as you learned in the first episode, which means we share a state. Well, guys, if you would like to submit your own worst date, your own horror story, ideally involving a vampire, your own sex mishap, or bone or blunder, please feel free to submit named or anonymous submissions to 50worstdatespodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at 50worstdatespod on Instagram. My Instagram is katiecoyle27. And mine is Pikachu, P-E-K-A-U-C-H-U-1-8. If you think we're valid sources of advice and want to ask us questions, we will take those emails too because goddamn... We know things. We have been through shit. We spend like three hours a day talking each other up to get through our lives. We're basically each other's therapists. Utilize us too. (sighs) Our goal is to base future episodes on stories that are not our own. So like 
you don't get to hear about all of our ex-boyfriends because we haven't been on that many bad dates, but we have been on a lot. So, like, please submit some, like the vampire (laughs) ones, holy shit. If you love our music, it's from my vocal cords. Just kidding. It's from my mandolin. Also, just kidding. It's from bensound.com, but one day it'll be from my mandolin. But you are going to write us a you are going to write us a new song once you learn the mandolin. If you love our cover art, it's by um, a dear woman that I know. I was going to say my dear friend, but I'm really not close with her. Uh, but she's great. Tori Scranton. You can find her at T Scranton Art on Instagram or Etsy. Um, she also takes commissioned work. She's fantastic. Um, yeah. If you are an artist and want to be given a shout out, let us know. We love supporting local yeah. artists, especially women. Um, have a great evening. Hope we didn't fuck you up too much and, uh, peace and blessings.